Welcome. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. This is Parsh on Thursday nights on Sinai Radio, SinaiRadio.com, the Sinai Radio app. And uh, yeah, it's Parshas Mikates. Parshat Mikates during Hanukkah. It's very interesting, actually. You know, um, we're talking about where the origins, you know, people when they're together <laughs> and they, they, they have some free time, they could often talk about the funniest things. And in the shul this past week, uh, after Tefillah, there was a funny conversation about the, the, where where the words Freilich and Chanukah comes from. You know the Yiddish phrase Freilich and Um They say, um, you know Chanukah Sameach. You know why, why do we say you know, Happy Chanukah is translated in English? So Freilich is more than just happy. Freilich is uh, actually you know I'm not I'm not a Yiddish speaking expert, so I don't know exactly know what the exact translation is of Freilich. Probably happy. Um, so it was a very interesting conversation. But, you know, I hope you're all having an oily. I'm going to change it instead of, you know, Freilich Hanukkah, an oily Hanukkah. Because that's, you know, that's how you feel. It's over. I, you know, when I when I found out that I was going off gluten for stomach issues, um, I thought like, oh, you know, I'm going to, you know, you know, lose so much weight, especially Hanukkah. I'm not going to eat Sufkaniyot, you know, no jelly donuts. You know, I, I like custard, no custard donuts, you know. Those can go about 500 calories a pop just for one bite or something like that. Now, you know, my, my, my mother had her house a halva filled donut. That's like putting fat inside of fat. Can't get better than that. Um, but either way, you know, I thought I'd get away from it. But you, you think about it. I could eat potato lockers. And potato lockers, I think, are worse. <laughs> well, either way, whether you indulged in an oily favorite this, um, this week or are going to indulge or not, you know, or you are eating one right now. You know, I'm jealous, but enjoy it. Um, with that said, let's dive in to this week's Parsha. Hopefully, we can find something. Um, we'll be able to get a better idea of this week's Parsha. And also, you know, get a better idea of how we're supposed to feel or how we're supposed to think during Hanukkah, the special holiday that, unfortunately, if we don't actually tune into Hanukkah and open our minds during Hanukkah time, it can go eight days, go pretty fast, and a maze of parties and jelly donuts galore. Um, all you'll have to show for it is the jelly stain on your shirt when it's over. Um, but if you focus on what Hanukkah is, maybe we can get something out of it. So let's look in this week's Parsha. Perhaps we can come out with something that will really um, hit us in the right spot and be able to help us grow. Because that's the point of this world, to grow. Okay. Now, uh, we have Yosef. Yosef's in prison. And uh, at the beginning of his parsha, he tells, you know, last at the end of last week's parsha, he tells the Sarha um, Mashkim. He says, when you get out, I interpreted your dream correctly. You know, when you get out from Paro, let Paro know that I'm good at interpreting dream. And, you know, that's what happens. But one thing is missing. When he gets out of prison, Shahar Mashkim does not say a word about Yosef. Uh, I'll say he's a little ungrateful. You know, even in this partial, when he mentions to Paro that there's this guy Yosef who interprets dream, Paro was desperate, um, and he tells Paro, you know, he's um, I think Nar, young lad Eved Ivri. He's a slave and he is a Jew. It's interesting to know. This is going to play in later on when we get to the the, the meat and potatoes of the shear. Interesting to note that Rashi says, why does he say Nar Ev, 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 sorry, Nar Ivri Eved? 
a young man. He's a slave, and he, uh, he's he's Jewish, and he's a Hebrew. Uh, he's a Hebrew, and he's a slave. So, Rashi says that by nar he meant he was um, nar. He is not physician fit for a position of greatness. Every he's not familiar with our language. You know, he's not going to be good avid. He's a slave. You know, sort of. And it was against protocols of Egypt. Now this plays in later. This is what Rashi is saying. It was against, it was written in the uh, the protocols of how a ruler should be made in the Egyptian law. That a Eved can never be, um, cannot rule. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this later. But it's interesting, that's the way he was saying it. Like, so almost ungrateful person, you know. Um, it's interesting to know, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but there is a measure that, that sort of says that Yosef was punished um, with two more years in prison because he relied upon this, this Shaham Ashkim who ended up not even helping him. He relied upon him. So it's, it's you know, obviously, um, this we're not going to get deep into it, but the concept is that Yosef obviously was doing his shtalut. He was doing what he had to do to get it done. You know, we can't just rely upon miracles. But it sounds like, you know, my Roshiva Zatzal Rav Hanachlibotz um, they write on his name in the Sefer Chudush Yalev. It's worth a while if you have a hand of it to look at it. It says, this week's part, she says an idea that perhaps Yosef, you know, when he did do his Shalot, and he did have true betachon, true belief and trust in Hashem, but at the same time, he relied maybe too much on his Shalot. And I think just, just the concept is so amazing in this world nowadays, in our lives. How many, do we rely upon his Shalot too much? Now, of course, we have to do Ishtadot. You have to do what you got to do. You have to go to job. You have to make money. You have to feed your family. You can't just, we're not on the level where we can just sit down and say, Akadosh well, give me what I need. Okay, that's great. But are you going to do something? I'm going to lay, lay down in the middle of the street and say, no, no cars are going to hit me. I actually heard a story. There's a guy who did that and no cars hit him because his uncle pulled him out of the street before anything happened. But other than that, you lay down in the middle of a highway, you're going to get hit. I mean, even if it's not supposed to have, you know, you, you, you brought this upon yourself. Um, Histalut means doing what we can to prepare ourselves for whatever comes our way. But at the same time, we have to have a tachon knowing that the Histalut is just the, the, the God's method of helping us. And even if, you know, even if you go to work and you don't make any money, Hashem will send you the money somewhere else. You got to try your best. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting because we, we often, like, get too nervous, you know. I'm at myself all the time. Get way too nervous about things. And I often have to ask myself, did I do everything I could? Yes. Nachon. Let's take a step back. And we start getting too much into our preparation, too much in our, our, in our jobs that we're doing. And forget that, Hakol min even the Shtadut, then we, we fall into a trap. I mean, perhaps that was what Yosef's trap was. Okay, now let's get into, uh, before we get into what I really want to discuss, I want to get into something I saw. And when I saw this, I'm like, you know what, I have to share this with this, this year on Thursday night because it's so interesting and it's so against everything we're taught, at least everything society teaches us. And I, I felt it was compelled to talk about this. Um, okay, so everyone knows there are two types of people in this world. The person who, you know, cares about the way they look and people who don't care about their look. You know, and then there's the people in the middle. But, you know, so Yosef, we know, we were told, 
that he was a little bit, you know, caring about the way he looked. Maybe that was his fault and his fault too much. But then we see this, this, this Torah tells us something that I was shocked when I saw it. And Rashi, when I first saw this a while ago, and I saw Rashi, and Rashi even makes less sense. And then the Maskele David, he, he helps a little bit, make, makes, at least makes Rashi make sense to me. So the Torah says the following. The Torah says that Paro summoned Yosef, went to go get Yosef. And they got him from the bar, the pit. And then the Torah tells us something that is puzzling. Shaved his hair and changed his clothes and brought him to Paro. Now, the Torah does not tell us what they eat for breakfast. The Torah does not tell us that what Yosef ate for breakfast. The Torah does not tell us which, you know, what, what type of shoes he was wearing. The Torah does not tell us non-important things. So it must be, if the Torah is telling us that he went and he got a haircut, this for a reason. And what does Rashi say? Vaigalach, he shaved his hair. Mifnei kivod malchal malchut. Rashi says, out of respect for royalty. Even, even more puzzling. Okay, obviously. That's why he took a haircut. No? It sounds like they, they took him out. He got a haircut before he went to Paro. But still, why does the Torah have, how does that answer the question of why the Torah needs to tell us this? It's almost puzzling. I'm, I'm sitting here going, what in the world? You know, scratching my head. You know, what? why is the Torah telling us that he shaved his head? Great. Torah tells us, you know, what type of floss he uses too. You know, maybe we can make a brand, the Yosef's floss. The Torah tells us what floss he uses. <laughs> I'm kidding, but what, 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 what's going on over here? And uh, the Maskila David explains beautifully that exactly what Rashi was bothered by is our question. Why does the Torah mention that Yosef shaved? Who cares? Um, and, and he goes even further. He says that he's also bothered by the fact that if you rushed him out of the pit, if they rushed him out of the pit to go and meet Paro, why in the world... <coughs> sorry, excuse me. <coughs> why in the world... Would he waste his time and shave? Paro needs his dream answered. The whole Mitzrayim is consumed on how to answer Paro's dream. And this Ivri, this Eved Ivri can go and answer Paro's dream and yet he wastes his time to go shave? What is going on over here? The answer is that Yosef shaved out of respect for the king. What does that teach us? That the Torah is telling us an important message. That before we go in front of royalty, before we go in front of a king, we need to be respectful. And part of that is to shave. And that's what the Torah is telling us. Part of us is to look presentable. Looking presentable is not against the Torah. Maybe spending way too much time on your clothing is, 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 is maybe a little bit too much. But to try to look presentable is, is part of who we are. We're in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu the entire day. And especially, especially when we're going in front of Hashem, to Davin, Tfilah. We open our mouths in prayers, whether it's at home or in the synagogue, wherever we go. We are in front of Hashem. Shaviti Hashem, the Neged Hashem is always in front of me. You know, then, you know, I always thought the most beautiful thing you could write on Arun Kodesh. I love my favorite thing is Shaviti Hashem, the Neged that every time I see it, I remember, oh, Hashem is in front of me. It's hard sometimes to remember. We get through our busy lives. Mincha and Mayrav and Shacharit. 
you know, if you go to shul three times a day, it becomes part of your daily routine and less of, I know now more than I'm davening, um, you know, I'm saying kaddish for my father and I go to shul, you know, and I force myself sometimes when I'm not feeling well, you know, this morning. Oh, ich, I was not feeling well. And yet I forced myself to go and the davening took forever. I went to yeshiva's bein hazmanam and don't go to yeshiva. No, I'm kidding. Go to yeshiva's bein hazmanam and it's wonderful, but we were trying to leave to go to my mother for Hanukkah where we are now. Um, and, uh, you know, it took forever. Um, but, but Baruch Hashem, I had Kavana. I tried to have Kavana, but I wasn't feeling well. But you, sometimes, you know, you push yourself. You go to Tzvila, even though it's hard. Um, but when we get in front of our Kaddish Baruch Hu, you know, we have to look presentable. And I, and I always, like, you know, I always get to ask this question, especially high school guys. You know, does God really care what I look like? Seriously. I shouldn't care if my haircut looks, you know, like I'm, you know, from Woodstock in the 19, you know, 60s, you know, 70s. Shem really care. He sees my neshama, he sees my, 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 my goof. He sees my neshama, he sees my holy part. He doesn't look at my goof. He doesn't look at my body. He knows my neshama is pure. What does it make a difference what I wear? And this is the answer. We have to do it not just for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, for ourselves also. You know, to look respectful in front of the king. Now, Again, like I said before, this wasn't necessarily what I had in mind to talk about today. And it, since we're almost, you know, finished, I have about a few minutes to, to actually get into the point I wanted to bring in. And I wanted to talk about was Hanukkah. Well, I know it's Parshas Miketz, but we're going to see if we can use Parshas Miketz to help us better understand the miracle of Hanukkah. And the question I have for you is, if you really think about it, take a second to take a step back and think about the miracle of Hanukkah. You almost are puzzled to the human aspect of things. Why in the world did the Maccabees fight back? Seriously. Doesn't Torah say to value our lives? You know, they were keeping the Torah in secret. Obviously, you're supposed to give up your life for, for, for the mitzvahs. If, if, maybe in some circumstances they were doing, but most of it was just mitzvot to, Technically speaking, they could stop doing. They're not going to win. Imagine a group of you know peasants going up against you know the strongest army, the army of Alexander the Great, split into four kings. This is one of his four generals. This is one of his generals' army, the Syrian Greeks, strong army, strong generals, strong you know some of the best in the world. And how did they have, where did it come from? Where does this come from? The push. You know, and, uh, you know, furthermore, okay, we'll stop there. Let's, let's see if we can answer from this week's Parsha. I think we can. An interesting conversation that, ra- that after Yosef goes and explains Paro's dream to him, and Paro's like, whoa, that makes a lot of sense. You know, wow, okay, I guess we have to start preparing for a famine. Yosef gives his piece of advice, and Paro goes and gives him praise. And then what does he say? Vayan Yosef, and Yosef answered to Paro. Oh no, after, sorry, after Paro tells him the, the dream. He says, I hope you, you, I heard you're going to, you're going to, you're going to, sorry, let's go back. Paro is about to tell him the dream. Paro says, I heard that you are able to interpret the dreams. What does Yosef say? Beladai. You know, it's beyond me. Hashem, 
respond to Gar- Paro's welfare. He'll explain what's going on with Paro. He'll, he'll give me, you know, I'm just a shleach. It's the messenger. Kadosh Baruch Hu, he knows. He'll, he'll, he'll figure it out. But Biladai, Rashi says beautifully, Rashi says, Ein, Rashi says, Ein chachachma mishali. Well, Yosef says the wisdom, the genius to interpret the dream of Paro is not mine. Hashem will respond. What does that mean? Rashi says, He will put the answer in my mouth, the Shalom Paro, to be able to help Paro out. Where does this attitude come from? You know, he is in front of, and, and furthermore, you know, before we even, you know, you ever wondered why Yosef was able to withstand being in Mitzrayim? You ever wondered how Yosef was able to not even get affected by it? In, in, Chazal tells that Mitzrayim was the worst. Culturally, the worst. How was Yosef surrounded by that? Okay, throughout history, the generations that the Jews lived in always bad. But the 12 brothers, you know, they had their, they had their, their, their each other. Yosef had nothing. How was he able to withstand that? It's all about the attitude. It's all about saying that it's not me. Not my power. He could have easily said, oh, look at me. You know, I'm pretty good at interpreting dreams. And it would have been true. Shem gave me the Chachma to do it. You know? You know, I'm, I'm pretty good at, you know, making, I'm pretty good cook. No, I mean, I may say, so, may say so myself. My waistline proves it. And my wife is a good cook. But, you know, but no, I'm not going to take credit for that. Kaddish Baruch Hu did it. It's very hard to do that. How many of us take credit for things that Kaddish Baruch Hu gave us the credit? To, we all, every, every day. You know, we should be proud of ourselves that we did it. We should be, you know, feel pride that we made the right decision. But Kaddish Baruch Hu gave us the strength to do it. That's the attitude. Biladai. Lo kochem Not because of my strength. Because of Kaddish Baruch Hu. All because of Kaddish Baruch Hu. That is what happened on Hanukkah. If I could borrow from Rabbi Schaefer, I'm pretty sure Rabbi Schaefer says this. So he asks, why is the, the mitzvot of Hanukkah to light the candles, right? But if you look in it, Chazal, when they tell us this filah that we say, halanisim, what, what are we, we don't even say anything about the candles lighting for eight days. Nothing. We say that they lit the candles. It doesn't say the miracle of it. So what was the miracle? Was the miracle of the war? Or the miracles lighting candles. And he says beautifully, the miracles both. But the reason why Chazal focused on the lighting of candles is because the lighting of candles was obviously not because of the Maccabees' tremendous power to light candles. Oh, I'm so good at lighting candles. I lit the oil and it lasted for eight days. You know, I'm so fantastically good at pouring the oil. When I poured it in a certain way, it went into the glass. Ooh, it lasted eight days. No one in their right mind is going to say that. Rather, they're going to say, oh, it's a miracle. But what's going to happen? They just want a war. A really, really lopsided war. They they should have lost. All odds down. All hands down. Done. They won. It's possible for them to say, It's not necessarily an open miracle. I can say, I'm good. I have strong army. Oh, it's me. The same way that Yosef could have said that I'm I, I'm very smart. Hashem, you know, I'm, I'm a smart guy. You know, I, I interpret dreams. But yet... What kept Yosef on the path? What helped him 
be who he was and he kept him be able to call Yosef Hatzadik, one of the only people we call that. Yosef Hatzadik, Yosef the Tzadik. How was able to get there? What's the tarots? What's the answer? Very simple. The answer is, is that Yosef said Biladai. His attitude was, it is, you know, he worked on himself from the first part where he, you know, took, maybe took too much, too much into his Shtadot and he said, no, it's all HaKadosh Baruch Biladai. And I think with that attitude, that is what we can get through Khan. That, that can help us understand what the message of Hanukkah is more. We put the candles in the window to say to the world, without HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there is no light. Without Hashem, I'm klum. I'm nothing. That is what we, our message. Hashem did a miracle. That's the miracle. Ah, the miracle is the war. Yeah, but that I could attribute to myself. That I could say, I mean, I, not Biladai, that I could say, oh, it was me. But Hanukkah was with the Maccabim to say, Biladai. Kaddish Baruch Hu that gave them the strength and they knew it and they understood it and they took that and they got to great heights. And Yosef also. Amazing heights. I think that's the attitude. We take that. Um, you know, I'm talking to myself more than anyone else. Really talking to myself because I'm not 100% sure who listens to this. Um, I do know very nice people come, you know, compliment, tell me that they like to share Baruch Hashem, but I don't really know exactly. This is what I'm talking to myself, you know. Do I really fully believe it's all Hashem? Sometimes I don't. My sins I recognize today. But I think if we take this, learn from Yosef, learn from the Makabim, learn from Hanukkah, you know, and raise our fists in Batachon and not in our own strength. And know that we are lasting with Hashem. I want to end off with a great way of, of tying this in, you know, to some, you know, Moshe Rabbeinu was standing, you know, at a much later on in, in Parshat. Moshe is sitting, and we all learn in school. His hands are up. The battle with Hamalek, and as Moshe's hands were up, the Jews would, you know, be successful. If Moshe's hands were down, they'd start, you know, not being successful. So I was wondering, like, what in the world? What kind of black magic is that? His hands are up and he's shooting out. You know, I have too much of imagination when it comes to these things. He's shooting out special powder that's going all over. I'm a lake and it's making him loose and the hand goes down and it doesn't come out. What is going on? Well, that's not what's going on. So what's going on? Teretz is, is that when his hands are up, the Jews are looking at Moshe, the leader. His hands are pointing to Shemayim. Everything is beyond Hashem. Hands goes down for a second. They lose, they lose focus. A little bit, tiny drop of focus. And then they, then they start losing. But it's when we know that Kaddish Baruch Hu is with us, not just know it, not just believe it, but we feel it. It gets hard. You have to get there. We have to work on ourselves constantly. The little things first, the harder things later. Kaddish Baruch Hu will be with us. And may this Hanukkah be the last Hanukkah in Galut. And Behev Remainer will be dancing the be- the beta- the, by the menorah light to the Beit HaMikdash have a wonderful night. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you would like to comment, question, you know, even criticism, you know, I, I'm not so, you know, I could take it. Um, you could ta- email me at rabbimteichman at gmail.com or for a sponsorship. Um, there are sponsorships available. 
Um, you can sponsor it Lezeche Nishmat, for Shlema. Um, for any other reason, you should you contact me at rabbimteichman at gmail.com. Again, R-A-B-B-I-M-T-E-I-C-H-M-N at gmail.com. And have a wonderful night, a wonderful Shabbos, and a Freilich and Chanukah.